Hello and welcome to the Gambler Racing Podcast. I'm Selectivate and joining me is our resident racing expert, Paul Gallagher, who's otherwise known as the voice of value. How's it going, Paul? Yes, great. Um, nice to have the expert presenter back this week. <laughs> I don't know so much about that. You and John did a very good job last week. So, uh, yeah, he's welcome anytime on the podcast to lend some some level of expertise to, to go alongside yours. So, all you have to do is say the word. Uh, speaking of last week, a uh, bit unlucky with a few of the tips. Yeah, I had my eye on a treble so we only got two out of the three um the two short priced ones both both won um altior as we expected and native river and unfortunately um we were let down by the third one uh, nubi negra who could only finish second so that was slightly disappointing um but to spare my blushes, we had the wonderful hundred to one Remy Luck come in uh, for a place again at hundred to one. So that was a nice little each way winner for those that yeah. followed me in on that one. Is that the second time you've had a hundred to one place on the podcast? So yeah, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Not, not bad going. I look forward to another one for the Grand That's National it. when the time comes round. I think we do pretty well with the outsiders. Obviously, yeah. we're not going to win every time, but. If you're following and you, you go each way with sensible stakes, then um, when you do get a place like that, whether it's 100 to 1 or 33 to 1 or whatever, um, it's a nice wee turn. Yeah, still getting decent place money. Okay, no 100 to 1 shots this week, but we'll get to our tips shortly. Uh, before we do, just to let people know that this week's prediction competition is now live. You can go head to head with Paul on all seven live ITV races on Saturday. Uh, well done to last week's winners who shared first prize. They were Dicko, who's been a guest on the podcast, and Spurs0316, who both correctly predicted four out of the seven winners uh, last weekend. So well done to them. This week's competition is a £5 buy-in, as usual. Uh, the more people that play, the bigger the prize. So if you've not already got a Who Knows Wins uh, account or you've not downloaded the app, head over to the App Store or the Google Play Store and download the app. Uh, we'll post a link to this week's competition on our Twitter feed, so keep an eye out for that. So on with the tips. And tomorrow on ITV, there's racing from Ascot, Haydock and Wincanton. Uh, I see that all three have got precautionary inspections. Uh, early in the morning with the imminent storm Dennis on the horizon. Yes, we're just going to have to proceed in the hope that they all go ahead. Um, but yeah, I think there's various. There's going to be various um, checks t- today, Friday and again tomorrow to see um, which of them can go ahead. I think the worst of the storm set to hit sort of late afternoon, early evening. Um, mm. So fingers crossed. Um, it's just one of those ones. National Hunt, National Hunt Racing is always subject to weather. Um, you just have to make the best of it as you go along. Yeah, fingers crossed it doesn't hit the racing tomorrow. I'm sure there'll be a few football games off due to the weather, but hopefully the racing will um, survive it. So the first race we're going to look at is the 150 at Ascot, and you're looking for the Cobden-Nichols combination to pay dividends for us. I am, yeah. Um, this is a, this is a cracking race, actually. I think there are um, probably five of them that can win it. Um, out out and, of six. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think there's only really one no open in it. Um, I quite fancy a few of them, but in terms of their their um, form, loads of I think five of them won last time out or or what the time before. Um, so you know, there's some pretty solid form there. The one that I'm quite interested in. 
just in terms of value is Danny Wisbang, as you say, um, Nichols and Cobden combination. Um, if you go back and look at its race the last time, um, it, it was soundly beaten by Slate House, but um, he there was Danny Wisbang's stablemate actually fell in front of him and sort of disrupted him just as things were starting to heat up. And before that, he'd been, he'd been running pretty comfortably. And after that, he faded. It's hard to work out, did he fade just because he wasn't good enough or was it the fact that he had to dodge his stablemate and it put him out of his rhythm and maybe put the, put the horse off a bit? So I'm willing to forgive him the fact that Slate House beat him quite comfortably. I think that race was also pretty um, high-quality race. Black Op finished second and Danny Osbank came home in third. So I think it's pretty decent quality and I'd have fancy either Slate House or Black Op probably to win this race this week. So, um, given Danny was buying a show at um, sort of decent sized odds, seven to one, I thought that was pretty good. So, um, that's my selection there, and hope yep. that uh, he can bounce back. Yeah, still about fifteen to two available at bet three six five at the moment. So, that would be nicely. Yeah, yeah, that. might pay to get one early. Uh, okay, so next we're heading over to Haydock, where you've got your eye on a favourite who potentially likes the weather tomorrow. Yeah, World's End, um, the sort of, I, I think, the, the classiest of, of these ones. Um, no problem on what's likely to be pretty god-awful ground, um, heavy ground at Haydock. Um, he has form on that in the past. Um, I expected World's End to be even money or maybe slightly odds-on, and there's plenty of 6-4 to four available, so um, it's just a straightforward win bet on that one for me um, and I'll maybe have a chat later on about doubles and trebles and all sorts of fun and games as well with other horses but um, looks to me to be the, the clear choice in the 205. Do you think that's a price that will shorten overnight then? I would think so. Um, I, you know, I just think there's question marks over the rest of them. Um, the sort of horse that punters, it's a, it's a name that punters will recognise and they'll stick them into their, their multiples and maybe in with a few horse bets or whatever as well. And I just think aye, the support will bring that one down, I suspect. OK, so that's currently 64, fairly widely available. Um, although I see Paddy Power as short as evens, I don't know how accurate that price is on my odds checker grid. But um, yeah, I'd certainly, I guess, advice is to grab the 64 if you can get it. I'd say so, get in, get in early on that one. Um, can't see it really um, lengthening. Um, you know, there's nothing else in the race that, that, that particularly jump, jumps out. Emmy Tom, um, which is likely to be second favourite, um, was soundly beaten last time out. And, you know, although it's a younger horse, um, not necessarily going to improve. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's, uh, it's all about the world's end. Okay, next up it's the 3.25 at Ascot, uh, eight running, so a decent each way look to the race, and you've got one about 8-1, to one, is it 17-2? to two? Yeah, um, it's interesting, but although there's eight runners, a few of them are actually entered in other races as well yeah. tomorrow, so it's, it's one to tread carefully on with each way. Um, might even be tempted to wait until the morning before I decide to see what final declarations are. Um to decide whether um, I go ahead with it as an each way bet, but um, JPEG is the one that I like here, carrying a nice weight um, in what's likely to be pretty tough conditions. Um, it's going to have to take a step up again to win this. There's some really um, decent um, horses in this one with a bit of um, a bit of experience, but um, I thought eight to one was quite a big price. On JPEG, um, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. JPEG or JPEG, um, but 
you know, the Bally Optics in there, it's a name that a lot of people recognise. Um, he's running uh, Cheltenham and he's running um, the Grand National last year, although he fell. Um, but he's having to carry top weight. And you, you've got to scroll down in terms of the weights um, all the way down to the bottom for Jepek, who's carrying a, a comparatively lightweight 10 stone 6. Um, and soft ground will be no problem won nicely last time out beating Regal Flo who's a pretty good yardstick in these sort of races um, so I just think yeah, hopefully the, the weight will bring a, a decent chance for JPEG to get into the, into the frame at least and possibly win it yeah, I see Bally Optics uh, listed for the 315 at Haydock as well which we're going to talk about shortly so yeah, we'll come on to that. So it's, it's one of those ones, Bally Optic might go there. JPEG himself also has another entry, um, a couple of entries over the next couple of days. Um, another one on the Haydock card and also um, enter the Exeter. I suspect he'll probably go for this race um, just because it's um, it's the most valuable one. Um, but yeah, and the Exeter entry might just be in case Haydock's crawled off on Saturday. But uh, yeah, Bally Optics got other entries. Valtor's got another entry. Exeter yeah. as well. So it's it's very much a watching brief and find out where we are in the morning. Um, it might just be a case of going for a win bet on JPEG if indeed he is a runner. If not, I'm sort of ambivalent about the rest of them. Um, so I'd probably just leave the race alone at that point. Given that Valtor and Bally Optics are listed in other races and the potential is that they'll run elsewhere, would you be tempted to take JPEG? Tonight, on the basis that you're getting the eight to one, and the likelihood is that the price will be much shorter if there's only six runners in the morning. Yeah, it's a good question. A difficult one to answer with any certainty. Um, depends on. Basically, it comes down to the rule four rules, which are a bit um, complicated. But depending on the price of the non-runner at the time that they were taken out of the race, there's then a rule four applied. So the rule four sort of deduction depends on the price of that particular non-runner or non-runners, plural. So if you do fancy JPEG um, each way tonight, maybe you have a, you have a go at 8-1 in the hope that the rule 4 is not significant. Um, yeah, I would say I'm probably on the side of putting your bet on um, and then taking the rule 4 hit rather mm-hmm. than waiting, um, because mm-hmm. particularly if one of the favourites comes out, JPEG yeah. The odds would come down significantly. The problem, the other, the flip side of the coin is, when we're dealing with only eight runners here, yeah. we're going to lose a place in each way term. So it's yeah. it's about balancing up that. It's, there's no easy answer, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. Um, next up, we're going to go to the only race from Wincanton that's on live uh, on ITV tomorrow, and that's the Betway Kingwell Hurdle. Yeah, this one sometimes is a trial for the champion hurdle. It's run over a similar distance. Um, quite how much of this form is now going to translate to the big race in a month's time remains to be seen um, it'll be pretty heavy ground at Wincanton I mean the way the way that we're getting with storms and things like that it might end up being a softer heavy ground festival so it could be quite um, it could be quite relevant um, but is there a champion hurdle horse in here remains to be seen uh, it's a pretty weak champion hurdle this year we'll discuss that on our um Cheltenham preview podcasts over the next few weeks, but uh, the one I think is that is a pretty solid bet here is Kel Destan. Um, now, I tipped Call Me Lord last in the last race that Kel Destan ran, and, and Kel Destan beat Call Me Lord pretty comfortably. There's a bit of a surprise 
Comrade's a fairly decent horse. So that was a, a marked improvement, I thought, in Keldestan's form. Um, the alternatives today, um, I, I don't think are as good as Call Me Lord, and I would have had Keldestan sort of more like even money to win this race. So there's there's 15 to 8 floating about out there, which is um, pretty solid uh, pretty solid value, um, yep. I think. So that, that would be my idea of the winner. Um and, and I'd be tempted to double up as well with um, one of my tips from earlier, which was the world's end, and maybe put it in a treble with um, one that we'll come on to talk about uh, later on. But yeah, I think Kelvin Stan to me looks pretty solid. Um, the, the obvious alternative, um, probably Chittabello, who's a Cheltenham winner. I think he's more likely to enjoy a sounder surface, so the soft ground may be a concern there. And, and given the way that Keldestan won last time, I think it puts him a, puts him a bit ahead of Chittabello. And then we've got Elgin coming back after nearly two years off the track. Um, at one time, Elgin um, was, a, was a classy horse and possibly even a champion hurdle contender and finished fifth in the champion hurdle two years ago. Um, but we've not seen him on the track for two years, so you're taking a huge yeah. leap of faith to think that he can come back and win first time out, um, particularly on sort of pretty sticky um, ground. So I think um, Kildestan, who we know was informed from um, last or two weeks ago, um, I think pretty solid bet. I thought you might have um, fancied song for someone. I know that's one that you've tipped a few times on the podcast. Yeah, I, I think song for someone needs to come on a bit. Um, to to win this, um, I think we tipped some for someone each way, didn't we? Um, when we finished second to Thomas Darby last time out, um, yeah, I, I think we need a little bit more from song for someone. I think this is a big step up again um, to to come in here and, and race against a horse like Keldestan who um, won nicely last time out. So yeah, I think it's got a bit to go. Okay, so next up is the three o'clock at Ascot, and <laughs> when I was looking at. The, the horses pre-podcast I was kind of hoping that you weren't going to pick this horse because I have no idea how to pronounce it so over over to you <laughs> we should never never be afraid of mispronouncing a French horse um, if this podcast has taught us anything we could just butcher the pronunciation and no one really complains about it yeah. um, as long as they win which <laughs> doesn't always happen yeah Madame, um, Mademoiselle Doherty will be turning in her grave my old French teacher <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got, I've, um, you've got no excuse, but I do. I never studied French at school, um, so no. I'm all right. I don't have to worry about any former uh, French teachers. You would never, you'd never, you'd never be able to tell. <laughs> yes, well, um, so it's Eden de Ooh. It's a silent H and a silent X, so it's just O U. Um, so we're going with Eden de Um and it's a Tom Skidmore ridden, David Pipe trained. Um, progressive young horse who um, I think looks like it could really be one of the, they, they often come along with these sort of French imports and uh, hold them up, hold them up and then once they start winning, there's no stopping them, they can win three or four on the bounce. My theory is that they might have a, a Cheltenham race lined up for this one and to get into it they might have to win this race to get the, the necessary increase in the handicap mark. So the horse won on heavy last time out, so no concerns in that regard. Um, with the ground, um, quite a few of these that are in the race are sort of exposed already. We know all about them. Um, they're not likely to improve significantly. Um, the con man is one who might. Um, she shares joint favouritism with her selection. Um, 
there's a few old old names that will jump out to people. Jolly's cracked at your horse one. They're both capable on their day, but haven't shown too much recently. Um, likewise, Blue Cavalier is another one that's that's got a bit of um, past class, but they're all having to give weight away to Eden Dew. And I think um, it's a pretty solid bet, that one. Okay, um, next up we're going to look at the Grand National Trial at Haydock Park. We're only seven weeks away from the big race at Aintree. Yeah, looking forward to that. The, the weights were all announced at a fancy lunch in Liverpool during the week. Um, big hoo-ha about Tiger Roll and uh, just about 10 minutes before you and I started recording this, uh, I saw a news flash that says Tiger Roll will run as long as um, as long as he comes through as two is two tests prior to that. Um, so there was a big hoo-ha, but actually, as everybody knew, they were going to take their chances anyway, regardless of what weight they were given. So yeah. this race, um, although it's a grand, it's called a Grand National Trial, um, you rarely get a horse that comes out of it and goes on to win the Grand National. I can't remember what exactly what the statistics are, but I think it's decades since a horse actually did that. Um, and saying that, it's a great race in its own right. Um, it will be an absolute slog at Haydock in the mud if it goes ahead. The ground looks like it's heavy. Um, you're talking three and a half miles here, so it'll be it'll be a real war of attrition. Yeah. Um, elegant escape, top weight, winner of the Welsh Grand National uh, last year or, or 2018, sort of last season, I should say. Um, big ask, I think, to carry that sort of weight around the, this course um, and give weight away to everything else underneath it. So it'll be quite tricky. Yalenki is a class act as well, but likewise carrying a fairly um, fairly substantial weight. So with that in mind, I'm looking further down the handicap at horses who are improving um, and have an opportunity to carry less weight and therefore put it up to the, the big guns at the top. I was torn between Geronimo, who I tipped um, a few weeks back, um, and he ran into a place, uh, each way option, and Lord Dumesnil, who's a slightly shorter price, but it's really improving, and, and I think um, loves Haydock, having won here um, the last two races he's been in. Yep. And in the end, what I've decided to do is I'm just going to bet them both. Um, so a couple of firms are offering four places each way, and I think, um, although Lord de Mesnil was a sort of 11-2 to two shot best price, I think you could still do that each way, four places, um, and be pretty confident that given the, the race conditions and his love for Haydock and heavy ground that he'll get round while others are sort of crying off. And Geronimo is double-figure price. You're getting 10, 11-1. To and likewise, I think um, he ran quite well. He got last time, if anything, the, the additional sort of three or four furlongs from that race will give him um, an even better chance of competing. I think he got caught for two, I think, the last time with vintage clouds kicked away from them. Um, and I think Geronimo um, should at least run into a place again. So I'm, I'm actually just going to go with the two of them. Okay, so this is the race that we were talking about earlier where Bally Optics also down to run in it. So again, we might, although there's 11 declared to run at the moment, uh, might be one or two fewer than that by the time it goes off. Yeah, that's it. It might be. Uh, it might. It might cut down, um, particularly if the conditions are brutal, um, mm-hmm. or there's there's horses even maybe that have got um, problems travelling there. You know, if they're travelling a long distance and it is pretty bad weather on Saturday morning, there might be a few that don't make it. Or what have you? Um, this is one, given that there are 11 entries, you need three to come, four to come out rather before you, you lose your three places each way. So I would, um, I'd do the bets the night before um, okay. on this one. Okay, good advice. And the last race that we're going to look at is a 
anticipated return of surname to the track um, the 335 at Ascot yeah, um, the sort of highlight of the day in terms of the quality of race, um, surname as we mentioned before, um, the highest rated horse in training, um, somewhat controversially when you compare um, him to Altior, but that's the way that the, the sort of handicapper has decided to rate them. Um, and it's difficult to argue that surname's very, very good. He is a multiple course and distance winner. This is his this is his favourite track, um, and probably his his perfect distance, two mile five furlongs. Won this race last year by seventeen lengths from waiting patiently, um, doing handstands as he crossed the line, <laughs> and that, that was slightly different conditions, um, given it was it was sort of better ground that day. It's likely to be heavier ground, but he's got form and soft ground as well. Um, Janica. Um, is sort of next in terms of the, the official ratings in this race, but hasn't been particularly good this year. Um, and I, I can't see Janica getting close. Um, the one who's probably likely to come in second is Riders on the Storm, who's in form, um, an improving chaser, might you know, might finish second, but I just can't see him anywhere near surname. In terms of the price, two to five available just now. Um, and actually, I think surname should be one to four or one to five. Um, there's only four runners here. He just has to jump to get round, I think, and should. I don't think they'll see which way he went. So, although you know I'm not a big man for odds on shots, mm-hmm. I'll stick this. I'll stick surname in in doubles in the treble with the two other sort of shorter price ones that I, I tipped earlier on, um, and and do it that way. But yeah. I think two to five is pretty good value, actually. Yeah, it's not often we see a two to five show as good value. Um, I was going to ask, I mean, what do you read into the defeat to Clarendon's oboe? Um, is it just a case that the three mile was just a step too far? I think so. Yeah, I think I think that probably was the, the issue. Um, uh, too much of a test, I think, for him. Um, back, at, back at Ascot, it's a different story. Back at the distance that he likes, I think three mile was just too much of a, too much of a stamina test for him. Okay, so back to a distance that suits them best, and as you say, two to five, which is uh, the current price, uh, still looks value. Okay, so can you just give us a wee recap then of your tips for the seven races? I can indeed. Um, Ascot 150, Danny Wisbang, uh, seven to one, that's a win bet. Hedock 205, World's End, six to four, also a win bet. Ascot 225, JPEG. And it's currently each way, but be careful with the each way option because there might be some non-runners there. When Canton, 2.45, Keldistan, also a win bet at 15 to 8. Ascot, 3 o'clock, Eden de U, 11 to 2, <laughs> win bet. The 3.15 at Haydock, Geronimo, and that's an each way bet at 11 to 1. Also in the 3.15, I'm doing Lord Dumenso with a snidey each way bet at 11 to 2. And finally, the 3.35 at Ascot, I am tipping surname such uh, such as uh, 2-5. to five. I'm going to do that with doubles and trebles on the World's End and Kildistan that I mentioned earlier. Good stuff. Thanks, Paul. So that's us for another week. Let's hope the racing survives the incoming storm. Um, hopefully we'll get some good action on ITV on Saturday. Uh, I'll be back on Sunday with Greg for a bonus football podcast, looking ahead to the European fixtures midweek uh, in the Champions League and the Europa League. If you've not already listened to this week's football podcast, then make sure you catch Greg's tips on there. In the meantime, have a great weekend. Best of luck with your bets and thanks to Paul for his tips on this week's podcast. Yeah, thanks. Good luck to everyone with this weekend racing.